Welcome to Women's Hot Topics. Ladies, this show is for you. Find clarity, discernment, and discover who you are in Jesus Christ, all while exploring the hot topics of the day. She's an evangelist, founder, and president of Him for Her Ministries, and she's here to tell it like it is. Your host, Shug Burry. Hey, friends, Shug Burry here, Women's Hot Topics. Oh, today, friends, you know, to have hot topics, to have a platform, to have an opportunity that God has given us to share what's going on in this world. Sometimes the topics are tough. And today is one of those tough topics for me. Today's topic is called My Child is an Addict. And the reason we're doing this is because I know many of you out there are experiencing struggles, difficulties. You know, is this uh, a teenage issue? Is is my child just rebelling? Is this really a drug issue? What do I do? What are my first steps? Um, how do I know? What do I look for? Um, and so in this is, you know, my child is an addict. I really want you to listen to it through the lens of Jesus Christ and the fact that you got brought to the show for a time such as this. And maybe it is that you are to help a family member, or maybe someone's going to be coming across uh, your life at one point where you need to do an intervention, you need to help them out, or maybe it's your own child that uh, you have a fear, a terrible fear that this child is starting to get lured into the drug world. You know, fentanyl is a really big drug lure in today's world, and it's the deadliest drug threat that our country has ever encountered, and fentanyl is everywhere from large metropolitan areas to rural America, and no community is safe from this poison. We must take every opportunity to spread the word to prevent fentanyl-related overdose deaths and poisonings from claiming scores of Americans in their lives every day, friends. And so this show is not just about fentanyl. This is about all drugs. I mean, it can range any anything from any addiction that your child happens to have and how we are going to address those. Uh, fentanyl, just so you guys know, is a synthetic opioid that is up to 50 times stronger than heroin, 100 times stronger than morphine, and a major contributor to fatal and non-fatal overdoses in the U.S. Um, fentanyl is a synthetic, and it can be gained in a lot of different places. Deaths from overdoses reached a staggering, get this, 100,300 in just 2021, and that's a 30% increase over previous time periods, mainly driven by fentanyl. Some seek it out, some go, some people try to find fentanyl, others unknowingly consume it. This is what we gotta be careful of, either through heroin, methamphetamines, cocaine, counterfeit pills, including pain medications, Adderall, yes, friends, and some things have been laced with it. I have my guest here today, who really has firsthand knowledge in all areas of addiction. And she has blessed us to come on. And her name is Vanessa Isaac. Vanessa, thank you for coming on as our guest today. Thanks for having me. You know, um, if you would do me a favor, please, Vanessa, I can share about your biography or I can share about your life, but we would rather hear it from you. So if you could just for a moment, please share a little bit about your life and your story. Um, so my story begins with, um, me being, uh, stuck in addiction for many years. I, I grew up in addiction, um, on both sides of my family. So it, it was kind of a norm. Um, I watched people use drugs, people use alcohol my whole life. So, so when I got to the age to use alcohol and drugs, I, I, that was the first thing I did. Um, so when I finally, uh, went to treatment, I was 36 years old. 
I was a mess. Um, I didn't know God. I, uh, I checked into this wonderful treatment center in Minnesota while I was there. I found God through going through that process. My, my daughter started visiting me while I was in treatment. My daughter was uh, 18 at the time. Her name's Drew. And, uh, both of my kids started visiting me. You know, I'd, I'd been kind of an absent parent, uh, in and out of their lives. Uh, I have a daughter who she was 18 at the time. And then my son, uh, Benjamin, who was 10. And so they started visiting me and, as Drew started visiting me, I could, I just noticed that her, her behavior was off and she was um, like edgy. She started being really edgy. When you would talk to her, she would, uh, she would snap back at you or she would be really short with her answers or really, be really rude when she would comment back to me. And I was just kind of like, hmm, that's interesting. Um, and I thought maybe it was just a, you know, an 18 year old becoming an adult. She had just graduated high school. Uh, I thought maybe it was just a phase. So um, I, I I got out of treatment and I was doing really well. And, and the Lord did so much work in my life at that time. Um, so I went into sober housing and I was doing, uh, going to meetings and just, just being, becoming a, the mother and the woman that I should have been a long time ago. Um, but as I was doing that, I'm noticing these things in my daughter, um, like besides the attitude, uh, she would be late for everything, which can also be teenage stuff too. Um, but she would also not respond to texts. She would just, it's just something was off, you know, as a mother, you can kind of feel, you can feel in your chest when something is off, something is fishy. Um, so I would ask her about it and she would blow me off and, you know, roll her eyes at me and say, Oh, oh it's nothing, mom. It's nothing. And I would try to tell her, I can tell something's off with you. Like what, what's going on? And she, she never wanted to admit anything. So one night I was uh, at her house. She, she had gotten an apartment and um, me and my son were over there and we're cooking spaghetti and we were missing something from the spaghetti. So she ran to the store and I, I was looking for a spoon or something and I went in a drawer and there was um a rolled or a dollar bill folded in half with a blue pill crushed up in it. And um, like I said, I had been in addiction many years in addiction. I, I had never seen a, a blue pill like that before. I didn't know. I, was, I thought it was like, you know, maybe, maybe some type of an opiate or something. I had no idea what it was. So that was the first time I knew that she was doing drugs. Um, and I didn't want to confront her on it at that point because I knew she would blow up on me right then. So I was trying to figure out how I was going to confront her on it. And I got a call. I think it was a week later. This was when COVID had just started that uh, she had overdosed and that she was at the hospital and they wanted me to pick her up. So I went to uh, the hospital and I picked her up and uh, she got in the car and she would not talk to me. And they wouldn't let me, well, they, first they wouldn't let me in the hospital because it was COVID. Um, How frustrating. Yeah, it was, it was very frustrating because um, I, I couldn't get any information. I couldn't get any, I just didn't know anything. Um, so I sat out there and cried and then they, she got in the car. She would not speak to me. She wanted to be dropped off at her house. I mean, I was, I felt so, I've never felt so helpless in my life um, as to, I mean, I'm, she's over 18. There's, it's not like I have any control over her. I can't. I just, it, it was very 
it was heart disheartening, very disheartening. So I brought her to her house, um, and I told her we'll, we'll be talking. And um, her dad uh, was very upset too. And she had lived with her dad. Her dad raised her more than I had raised her. Um, so he was really upset too. And we were trying to figure out a game plan. What we can do here? You know, like we, at this point, we're hardly, we hardly even know what fentanyl is. Like fentanyl is so new on the streets. Like people don't even, had hardly even heard of it. Um, so the set, that was one week. So a week later, we got another call. And this time she had crashed her car and overdosed on fentanyl. And this time they said, they actually said fentanyl. Um, when the hospital called us. Uh, so we picked, we picked her up. We picked her up from uh, this other hospital. And when we picked her up, um, this time I wasn't letting her, I, was, I wasn't dropping her back off at home. I was, you know, this, this time I was in a panic and I said, uh, you're, I need you to stay with me. I don't want, I don't want you to leave my side. Um, so I brought her home with me and me and her dad, you know, staged a mini intervention and said, Hey, like this, we love you. We need you to be here. Please go to treatment. And, uh, she, what she is that? What, for our listeners, what does a, a mini intervention look like? What does that mean? Oh, so a mini inter intervention, I don't know if maybe hopefully the listeners have seen the show a little, that'll give you a little bit of a a guideline to it it's 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 basically sitting somebody down and not saying you've done wrong you're you're, you're this you're that you're ruining your life you're it's sitting them down saying i love you so much and i need you in my life and you mean this to me and this is why i need you in my life and you are the light of my life and this is and you know telling them what they mean to you um and saying I need you to go to treatment basically. And then, and then if they don't agree to that, which hopefully they will, but if they don't agree to that, you would, after that, you would say the consequences of not going to treatment, which would be things like, um, if you do not go to treatment today, you, I, I will no longer financially support you. I will no longer, I will take away the car that I have given you. I will take away the cell phone that I've given you. I, you will not sleep in this house, like things like that. Mm -hmm. So, 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 that would so, be, so it's like, I love you so much mm -hmm. and this is what we're seeing and we're concerned about you and we love you and we want to help you. It's your choice. Yes. However, if you choose not to, these are the boundaries we're going to set up and, and you're going to have removal of privileges, but you said exactly. she's over 18. So that makes it even more difficult. Makes it so difficult because you don't have, there's really not a lot of controls when somebody has their own apartment and their own phone and their own car and they're, you know, and is doing their own thing. It's a whole nother world than somebody who lives in your house and has a bedroom, you know, um, and is 16 or whatever age. Um, it's a whole nother world. Um, but it worked at that point and uh, Drew agreed to go to treatment. So uh, we got her into the same treatment center that uh, I had went to. It took about a week and 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 she was good she sat slept on the couch and was you know it was a good it was a good time it was a good time was it I, an outpatient or inpatient it was an inpatient um so what they do when you when how it works for treatment is you're you go to a evaluation you it's called an assessment and they assess and they'll tell you what 
level of care you're, you you should have you know like a lot of people will, will start out and say oh well i want to go to outpatient if if you have a severe addiction you know like something like fentanyl or methamphetamines and things like that they're usually not going to tell you to go to outpatient because that's that's just something where you would need a level of care of inpatient so um yeah they told her that she needed residential so she uh checked in and drew did really well for probably the first I don't know, it was a week or two. It was, it was really nice. Um, I, I got to see her, uh, you know, start to blossom, start to come back to life. Um, she was saved. She got saved in there. She mm-hmm. started worship. I know it was beautiful watching her worship God. I mean, seeing her raise her hands in in worship was like. So it was a faith-based recovery yes. program that she was in. Yes. Yes. It was wonderful to see that, um, that part of her, um, she, you know, I have letters and stuff where she wrote me that, you know, have scripture in them and, um, yeah, so Drew did really well, like I said, for those first couple of weeks, uh, and then she did not do well. She relapsed in the program and was transferred down to, uh, another, there's another program, same program, but just a different different campus now, how do you relapse within a program if she's in a facility so she uh you're, you're allowed to make phone calls and stuff so she must have made a phone call to somebody had something dropped off mm-hmm. and relapsed in the program so uh thankfully she didn't get hurt and nobody else got hurt but she did relapse in the program so they transferred her to a different hope, hoping that the, maybe the distance would would make some you know some changes um so she got down to the other program stayed down there for another few weeks and um did did really well down there too i visited her down there and but then then she did once again she did not do well and she ended up leaving um me and her dad were pretty upset that she left but like i said what there's not really much you can do um I tried to be really encouraging and, you know, let's, let's get back on the ball. Let's do something here. Let's, let's do this. Mom, I'm not going to use anymore. I'm not going to this. I'm not going to that. Um, it, one thing I know from being in recovery myself is, and, and from working in the addiction uh, recovery field is that when it comes to, uh, when it comes to things like opiates, people, when people are addicted to things like opiates, uh, it's it's a really it's a hard road for they have, they have intense cravings very intense cravings they have intense not only intense cravings but intense withdrawals after when they come off of those drugs so um a lot of times it, it it's helpful for them to get on you know things like drugs like suboxone that'll um, help them along in their recovery journey um and Drew was not on any of those things um you know and I was really worried about her. And uh, she she was traveling with some friends. Um, she had left Teen Challenge in April, I think it was. And I, I didn't think she was doing well because she wasn't calling very often. And it was my birthday, uh, my 40th birthday, and I was waiting for her to call. Um, I was waiting for her to call all night. And um, finally the phone rang and it was a uh, detective from uh, Arizona calling to tell me that they found her body in um an Airbnb and that uh she had passed. Oh, I'm so sorry. 
I'm so sorry, honey, on your 40th birthday. So and they, sorry. And they found uh, the blue M40 pills, these blue pills, the same them same blue pills um, in the hotel room with her. This drug is horrible and it's taking away kids every day, not just mine. I mean, there's kids every day dying from this drug. So these blue pills that you talk about, is that what fentanyl is? Yeah, fentanyl is, um, it's uh, manufactured usually in Mexico. Uh, they get the ingredients from China. It's usually made by the cartels. They order the ingredients from China and then they uh, make make it in Mexico and then they bring it up through our border, which is pretty much wide open right now. Oh, yeah. And then they'll sell it to kids and a lot of the kids are thinking you know that they're taking a xanax or they're taking a a vicodin or a percocet that's what they call them they call them perc 30s there's no such thing as a percocet 30 it's not even a real thing it's it's fentanyl and and so they'll take that and they'll think that they're you know getting high off of a, perc a percocet which is not i mean it's not cool to get high at all ever but they're thinking that they're taking something much more innocent than they are and it's going to, and it ends up killing them. So. Tragic. And, you know, as parents, we're always trying to tell our children, even from a young age, even more now than ever, to stay away from these things, stay away from the drugs, stay away from pills you're not familiar with, stay away from people who do drugs. And it's so frustrating because this is a spiritual warfare, people, as far as I'm concerned. The enemy wants to take our kids down. He wants to take our families down. I'm talking about Satan, friends. And yes, Satan is alive and well. And and I love the fact, I'm so touched by the fact that she was saved and knew Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior. And I know a lot of people are like, well, if she had Jesus, you know, how come she couldn't overcome this addiction? I got to tell you, just like you had talked about, there is a physical warfare that's going on. This drug is so addicting. And I praise God for these organizations that have faith-based um, uh, mentorship because she was clear and thinking straight for the first time, maybe in a while where she could say yes to Jesus and make that conscious decision. Um, and what peace you get as a mom um, that, you know, from that to know that she's in heaven. Um, you had talked about people had prayed over you and that you had seen a vision. Can you share with us a little bit about that? Sure. Um, so as soon as my, my daughter passed and um, I worked for an amazing ministry, an amazing organization. Um, and what's it called? It's called Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge. And um, they came around to support me um, in so many ways, you know, just loving on me, praying on me, giving me food, um, just making sure that I was held up when, when I could not even hold myself up. Um, and I had a group of friends come over um, I think it was about three days after Drew had passed and, and I, I couldn't even, I, I was still at this point, I was, I was still mad at God. I was very mad. Um, I felt like there was a, like a wall between me and God and, uh, you know, of, of a wall, probably a wall of hurt that I built myself. And, uh, so they're standing over me and they're, they started praying and everybody's praying. And, uh, all of a sudden I saw this. I'm laid over and I just saw this vision of Drew when she was in heaven. And it's, it was like, uh, but now and it's just so amazing. I, 
I could see her, her face was in, her face was in the clouds and uh, she, it was like telepathically, she was telling me, mom, I'm fine. I'm, don't worry about me. Everything's fine. I'll see you again. You know, and I could just feel that. And, and it gave me such peace and I've been able to, I've been able to be okay. You know, I'm, I'm still, I'm obviously I'm in a lot of pain because I'm still, she's still my baby is my firstborn child. Um, I'm always going to be hurt, but I can walk this out and I can help other people and I can, I, I can talk about my pain and share that with other women and, 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 and love God and, and know that he's going to heal the parts of my heart that I, I would never be able to heal without him. Um, and God is just so good. To, he's been so faithful to just hold me up through this whole thing. Um, and I know where Drew is. I know what she's doing. And I just can't wait to meet her again up there in the clouds someday, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I don't fear death. <laughs> I'm, I'm just like, yeah, you see my Drew again. Okay. I, I know I have a purpose down here first, though. That's, that's the thing is God has turned this this ugly, ugly thing into uh, me, you know, down here advocating about fentanyl and, and starting to come out of my grief and uh, wanting to advocate, advocate for fentanyl awareness. And, um, you know, like I've gone to Washington, D.C. and spoke at the Capitol and I'm going to Washington again in September and um, picketing and <laughs> all kinds of things because um, uh, Drew can't fight now but you know i can fight for her so amen amen and i love the way god doesn't waste our sorrow he uses it to help other people and we just did a show on near-death experiences where people supposedly had died and came back and please listen to that show it's really well, interesting but we tied it in with scripture what does scripture say and just what you said was um, you can't wait to see her again in heaven. And oftentimes people are greeted by those loved ones who passed before them. And what mm -hmm. a beautiful vision that is to know that you are working so hard here on earth to do what you could do to save these other children, these other families uh, from this devastation and this evil of the drug world. Um, and that you will be able to go to heaven and Jesus will say, job well done, good and faithful servant. And your daughter will be right there cheering you on. Way to go, mom. Way to go, mom. So proud oh, of you. So amazing. What an amazing thought. Just, I'm, yeah. And, <laughs> and the peace. And look at what God gave you. He gave you a slice of peace, you know, to, to think about your daughter, that vision. She's in heaven. She's at peace. She's not at battle anymore. Um, and that she's okay. Um, I just love that. Um, you know, you've got some stuff in your future coming up uh, that you shared with me. Could you share with our friends, you know, what's the path that God has put you on now as far as education and, and some opportunities? Um, so uh, I've taken a couple years to heal from, from the grief, but he started planting seeds even early on um, after she passed about uh, being a chaplain, about uh, going into full-time ministry, you know. Um, I started working from home about, I don't know, about a year and a half ago. 
and you know as soon as I got working from home he's like you're you're not meant for home <laughs> you're 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 supposed to be on the battlefield well I can see that just according <laughs> to your personality it's so dynamic you can't hide that under a bushel <laughs> <laughs> thank you um he, yeah he says you know you you're supposed to be on on the battlefield let's let's get you some education in this and uh so I started working or I started working towards my uh master's of divinity is what my my end goal that's the end goal um so right now i'm doing my bachelor of science in christian ministry um and my minor in licensed alcohol and drug counseling so that's amazing yeah so some stuff will be happening in the future with that and i am i'm i'm ready i'm i'm excited um you know it it, it sure passes the time fast <laughs> which just gets me more you know closer to to drew and you know i love what you've done with your life yes you took time to mourn we all need to do that but some people can just live in that pity party forever or it takes their life down as well and god doesn't want that for our lives he wants us to rise up above the evil and what's happened in this world and use that opportunity for good and um, you also have just started i believe a new foundation can you tell us about that I have, yes. Um, I'm starting a 5013C called the Drew Isaac Foundation. Um, so I plan on doing fentanyl awareness with that. And um, I've got my board members on board. And um, hopefully by the end of this next year or the start of, or the, or by the end of this year or the start of next year, um, I'll have things up and running and um, doing donations and doing uh I, you know, whatever God puts on my heart, <laughs> I think mm -hmm. that's what we'll do. To move you know, forward I'm kind and of helping in the fentanyl yeah. crisis. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. And, you know, you'd make an awesome chaplain. Um, I've you. dealt with many chaplains up in prisons and, and there's some great ones, awesome rocking. And then there's others you're like, you know, this is a nine to five for you. But mm -hmm. I think you would be so spectacular. And I think about those women uh, and men, but the women that really could uh, just glean from your enthusiasm and your love for the Lord and how you want to help them. You want to walk alongside them. You guys, when you've seen someone who's been in the pit of hell and then God pulls them out of that pit miraculously only by the Holy Spirit, that, that's what you want to do is tell everybody. I mean, be bold, get out there, do what we're doing. Let's put Jesus in the center of our lives for sure. Um, and so amen for that. I'm so glad that you're doing that. Now, I know a couple of people, uh, at least a few, have tuned in because their child um, is showing signs of drug use or their child is showing these rebellious signs. You had mentioned a few, like she was snappy about things. Uh, mm -hmm. She wouldn't answer texts. Basically, she'd go into a recluse kind of a mode, which is very typical of an mm -hmm. addict. Is there any other tips or suggestions that you can give the parents that might be listening that they probably should take next steps to contact a counselor or get help? Um, sure. Uh, I'd say any changes in behavior, you know, we're, we're pretty, as humans, we, we act, we're, we're creatures of habit. <laughs> so it, as we continue in our habits, you know, when something is drastically changed, there's something off. <laughs> um, so just pay attention to your kids' habits, pay attention to uh, their attitudes. Um, I would say, you know, there's, nothing wrong with being snoopy either you know i i 
as long as if I'm paying your phone bill, I'm snooping through your phone. And, um, and the same thing with, and, and that's more so if they're misbehaving, you know, like you don't have anything to snoop for if they're not misbehaving, right? So um, I, I will just pay hyper attention, especially what kids are doing on these phones these days, because they you know, it could be even more than drugs. There's, there's just mm-hmm. a lot out there these days so I would and there's to- other type of addictions just besides drug addictions as well totally um yeah. you know i was researching this and thinking to myself okay fentanyl just seems to be it's just gotten crazy out of control especially because it's coming across the border you're in minnesota right now i'm in florida right now it's in both states so now from north south east and west and my sister who's an er trauma nurse always carries narcan in her purse whether or not she, you know, might come across it because she's a medical personnel. So I did research Narcan and uh, Narcan is technically a prescription medication. However, Florida has a standing order now that allows pharmacists to sell Narcan to consumers when they ask for it. And what Narcan can do is it can reverse an overdose and it can save a life right at that moment. Um, And uh, do you recommend people get that and just carry it with just, you know, just for a standard protocol to help people? Sure. Why not? I have some in my truck I carry, that I carry with me. Um, also, especially if, if you, uh, if your child is an addiction, definitely. Um, if you have family that's an addiction, definitely um, have some somewhere. Um, it, it, it could help out anybody. I mean, if you see somebody that that's overdosing, that that's, that would be the protocol for an ambulance would mm-hmm. be the person that can. So you might as well do it too. Um, you know, I think another concern that I hear parents say is, oh, my child will be pissed off at me. They'll be mad at me because I approached the subject with them where I think they're using drugs, but I'm not completely sure. And they're going to explode in my face and they're going to go mad. Hey, friends, if your kid's exploding in your face, you probably do have a problem um, as far as drugs goes, because they're they're going to take the opposite extreme, be super defensive. Um, and you know what? If you could save a life by just approaching this and coming at it um, prayerfully. I think that's an important thing. Make sure you pray up all things, give it to the Lord, ask him to give you the words, but don't ignore it. Don't right. sweep it under the rug. Don't pretend it's not going to happen. Don't hope it's going to get better. Uh, don't call all your girlfriends and share about it either. This is a private matter in your family. And I think what a lot of people I've talked to, now y'all know that um, I work in uh, prison ministry and I've been in prisons throughout the whole USA. And um, oftentimes they will say it was my grandma who saved my life. Uh, she prayed for me and she took action. A lot of times addicts, and 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 this is not uncommon, a lot of times it's a generational thing. My mom's an addict, I'm an addict, or the boyfriends are all addicts. I mean, and so you've got to come in it from a fresh perspective of what can I do to help? And I promise you, friends, um, there's an organization that I personally stand by because I've spoke at many of their functions throughout the U.S., and it's called Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge. And it's not just Minnesota, it's Adult and Teen Challenge. And they're throughout the whole United States and other countries. And I call them when I have a question about some of our mentees that might be slipping in addiction. And when I call them, they sit on the phone with me. They take time counseling me. They give me tips and suggestions, steps to do next, what not to do next. And I want to give you their phone number or their um, uh, website, friends. Uh, It's going to be on our screen on YouTube if you're watching us on YouTube. But most of you do listen to us on podcast. And it is teenchallengeusa.org. T-E-A-N, how many E's are there? T-E-E-N, 
challenge, C-H-A-L-L-E-N-G-E, USA.org. You go on there and you can see all the different states that they're located in. Now, friends, this is a faith-based show and this is a faith-based ministry. And I do believe that the enemy is trying to take our kids down. And if you're going to say, no, I don't want to, I don't want to go into a faith-based rehab. Hello, you're fooling yourselves, friends. We need Jesus first. And then our healing can start. I'm going to, you know, was I, was I straight enough on that, Vanessa? Have I hung it out there to tell people, no, you need Jesus first, friends, because yes. that's where, where your healing is going to be. They have a Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge intake line, if you just want to call up there, if you're listening in Minnesota, and it is area code 612-373-3366, which is basically 612-FREEDOM. There's also um, a United States Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services administering, and it's S-A-M-H-S-A, that's the initials, S-A-M, like Sam, H-S-A, and it's a free confidential information service open 24 hours a day, 365 days a year for individuals and family members. Family members, you guys, you're not in this by yourself. Don't think that, oh, you know. It's going to be taken care of. No, we need to get involved and we need to get the love thing right with our kids. Um, And if they're facing any mental health or substance use disorders um, and they provide referrals to local treatment facilities. So if you're somewhere else in the United States, like Arizona, New Mexico, uh, California, wherever you are, you can call this phone number and they can direct you to support groups in the community. And it's 1-800-662-4357. I'll repeat it again, 1-800-662-4357, and it's SAM, S-A-M-H-S-A, and they'll be able to direct you in other states as well. Um, And there is a whole prolific uh, group of rehab centers that are in and about, but I got to tell you, honey, you guys got to get it in the faith-based. This is where it's happening. And I've seen people go through other organizations that were not faith-based, um, and and they're great programs as well, but there is nothing like hitting it at the core, at the root, at what the problem is. And that's what we're doing when we start to share these faith-based programs. So thank you so much for coming on. Is there any suggestions that you have uh, for parents who might be following down the same road that you've had to experience? Um, may, don't don't wait on the confrontation. Don't, like you were talking about earlier, you You'd rather have uh, a mad kid uh, than a no kid. Mm-hmm. It's okay to confront them. They'll get over being mad at you. Um, and, and if they get super mad, they're probably using. So yeah, get some support from, you know, your significant other, maybe a family member, be there with you and just, you know, tell them how much you love them and uh, that something's off and you want to help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And no judgment, no condemnation. Go. We're here to help. We love you too much to let you go. Oh, sure. you're so brave and you're my hero. I mm-hmm. tell you, I'm so proud of you and everything that you're doing and all the struggles that you've had to deal with, Vanessa. Um, how can we be praying for you uh, in your future and what's coming up? Um, pray for my heart, please. Um, pray for fentanyl awareness. Uh, pray for my schooling and uh, my future serving God, please. I would love to. I just want to squeeze your cheeks and give you a big kiss. <laughs> I love you so much. Father God, we are bowing before you in the power 
in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And if there's someone listening out there who does not know you as Lord and Savior, who's so confused, who's so scared, either who is in addiction or is thinking um, about a loved one who might be in addiction, oh, Father, wrap your loving arms around them and give them guidance. You have promised us in your word that when two or more are together and we agree on it, it will be given. And we are here together wanting to help save our children, our family, uh, relatives that might be in addiction. God, please guide us. Uh, just light up our path on the direction that we should go in. And Lord, if we can help one person come to know you as Lord and Savior and begin to live the life that you had intended for them from the beginning, Lord, a life of victory and a life of love, Lord, would you begin to do that today? And would we walk in faith knowing that you have already answered this prayer? Please be with Vanessa Isaac and guide her steps and everything that she does, everything she's requested uh, for prayer requests, Lord, and be with her and her family. And please give her just immeasurably more than she could ever ask or imagine because of her obedience, because of her perseverance to stand up for what is right in your eyes. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for coming on, yes. Vanessa. You're welcome, Shug. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And please keep us in the loop of anything new that might be coming up that you're doing, that we can support, that we can help. Cool. Uh, friends, you know this is a listener-supported show. We also are a nonprofit, 401c3. And so, uh, is that the right number? 5013c. Yeah. Yes. There you my go. number's all mixed up. 501c3, <laughs> friends. You know, I'm getting old, but I you knew what I was talking about. Uh, <laughs> please go to himforher.org if you want more of these shows to be able to be aired. This is our job. God gave us a platform. And we're bringing you the news. You know I love you. Over and out.